Down Your Unders. Down Your Unders. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Art of War. Down Under. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this most auspicious episode 69. Nice of the Art of War Down Under podcast. My name, is, as always, is Adam Camilleri, and I'm here joined by... The, the bloody one himself, I don't know where this is coming from, but Jack Harpster, hello dude, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. Uh, welcome back, you were on, you're on for your very first episode with us for the, the, the Black Templars Codex review, which went down an absolute treat, I must say. Never had more comments of, or dissenting opinions uh, against what I, my thoughts before, which is probably fair. I was, I was overtly negative on that book, um, which I don't necessarily disagree with. I just think I could have portrayed that book in a better light rather than the abject disappointment I think I put across. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I stand by what I, pretty much everything I said. Um, it, it ends up not being a bad, a bad book necessarily, but like the things I, the things I said about losing speed and whatnot, I stand by that. I, I stand by it. It's a, it's a non-dynamic archetype, but if you want to, if you want to just a a generalist all rounder, it's actually not a bad book. Yeah, Um, exactly. Like dark angels, Um, non-interactive army, but that doesn't make them terrible. Exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't mean they're a bad book. Um, all right, my dude, but we are here to do the blood angels codex retrospective for those who don't know. Yeah, yeah, and it's a brave new world that we're doing this upon because this is what this is a day after the FAQs dropped. Um, yep. So yeah, a lot to discuss here, a lot to unpack because I feel like um, the Blood Angels have gotten you know backhanded buffs by other by things that were holding them back getting nursed. Blood Angels are getting a little bit of a surge now. We're going to talk about that a bit in part two. Unpack what new Blood Angels archetypes might be. But to tell you guys a little bit about Art of War Down Under and what we do, we are a member of the Competitive 40k podcast along with the other two amazing Art of War um, products podcasts. One of those being the amazing Art of War Unbroken with Blake Law, where they unpack and dissect people who have just fallen short of the finish line. It's been that's p- people who've podiumed or done really well in events, but have w- lost one pivotal game. They unpack that, go through you know, decision-making and a lot of other bits and pieces. It's really insightful and incredible. Please go over and support it. Um, Blake is a wonderful human being in addition. And, of course, we have the venerable, the flagship, uh, Art of War. I'm not, apparently, we're not allowed to call it Art of War Vanilla. It's just the article, Art of War OG podcast um, with Miss Nick Nutter inviting the rest, of the, the rest of the crew, now lovingly assisted and curated by Steve Joel with his uh, incredible, incredible radio voice. You can find yeah, that. He's doing great work. He is doing great work. I just listened to the last two episodes, and I've actually been phenomenal. One with Mark Ash is uh, extremely exciteful. Um, we're talking about Chaos Demons in the current meta. I feel like they've got a little bit of backhand buff as well. But if you wish to purchase the second part of this or stay in contact with us, get involved with the content, jump over to theartofwar40k.com, and you can purchase this podcast in addition to the second parts of the other two podcasts for a nice lump sum. In addition, jump in and get into the war room, guys. There's some incredible coaches and content there for you. Or you can find me over on Patreon at um, Art of War Down Under. You can find me there pretty easily and get involved. Jack, tell us a little bit about the war room and, and what goes on in there, because it is a, a really a, a one of the kind, um, one of the kind service and product uh, in our community. Yeah, so the uh, the war room is a global community of people just like the people listening to this podcast here. People who are enthusiastic about 40k and just want to become better, and we just help each other grow along that path. There's a lot of content there. Um, there's a lot of clinics, uh, there's extra stream games on the, our website, and there's also a Discord channel where you can go and you can chat with us, Art of War coaches, that'd be me, that'd be Nick, that'd be Mr. Siegler himself, John Lennon, Mark Perry, Brad Chester, 
Um, you can get coaching services through there. You can chat with people um, of all stripes who like to play 40K as much as you do. And you can become better as a group. Exactly right. It's a, very much a rising tide uh, lifts all ships approach, which I love. Um, investing in our community and investing in each other, I think, is the, the best way for us all to grow and be, let this game and community become as big and as great as I believe it can be. But on to the content for today. So these retrospectives is something that I started doing. As you guys know, Art of War Done Under is primarily a review podcast. When new content comes out, we review it, dissect it, pull it apart, put it back together and see what comes out on the other end. But six to, you know, three, six, nine months after a codex has been released, it's gone through some changes. The FAQ for it's come out. It's gone through some ebbs and flows in the meta. We'd like to take a look back and see what of that codex was successful. What were the hits? What were the misses? What's doing really well? And uh, for the bud, it put out some more content for the, the budding Blood Angels player. Somebody just, you know, picking them up right now. Where would they start? What do they need to know from where this thing began? And uh, what are the kind of iterations and things they can use to push them and propel themselves forward competitively? Um, and to crack this one open, jumping straight in i believe we're starting on page 46 is where the rules start if people want to uh travel along at home with us and crack out their own little codexes but uh page 46 is where it starts and in gdub fashion i remember reviewing this one and being like why is the format changed why is it starting yeah. with the secondaries um because that's exactly what's on the first page tell us about these secondaries dude have they been impactful to you and have they were they a swing or a miss uh they're fairly a miss um most of them there's the challenge and enemy character one that's uh, you can take if you really want to stunt on somebody they're not that great but you have one that people like to take a lot which is relentless assault mm -hmm. it's not a terrible secondary you can probably score 15 on it if you put mm -hmm. your mind to it um but it is in the same slot as Stranglehold, which yeah. is just a much better yeah. secondary in general. Um, Relentless Assault is uh, you score four victory points at the end of your turn. If there are more Blood Angel units from your army in the enemy deployment zone, then there are enemy units in your deployment zone. Which sounds like, oh, that's exactly what I want to be doing. I want to be putting on the pressure. I want to be hitting them really, really hard. So that's perfect. I want to take that. Well, unfortunately, what can happen sometimes is that you realize, oh, I either, you know, I... Either they're coming into my deployment zone more than I am happy with, and therefore I'm not scoring points on Relentless Assault, or it's not a game where I want to be going into my opponent's deployment zone. Like, I don't want to be tossing away units yeah. in my opponent's yeah. deployment zone every turn. But too bad, you took the secondary, so you got to do it. Stranglehold lets <laughs> well, you be a lot more passive and still score points. Mm, I and think so it, I tend to like it a lot more. I think one of the good things about the secondary is it's very plain when it's a good choice. Like, it's very plain. Uh, you're, you're playing against a plotting methodical army like it, let's say it's blood angels versus death you know versus uh dark angels so you know blood angels versus death wing so to speak you just know you're going to get those 15 right but at the same time that is really feeding your units into a meat grinder and sometimes that's not an optimal choice either yeah sometimes that is the game plan you want to take but you'll find out turn two a lot of the time like oh no this is going to lose me the game if i keep throwing away units exactly but yeah. you're you're you know stuck between either getting a four and relentless assault or you know, throwing away your army. And that's not fun. With Stranglehold, you know, against a slow plotting methodical army, you can probably play objectives better than they can. Mm -hmm. And so you just get your 15 on Stranglehold or 12 on Stranglehold. Totally right. fair. Um, for some people at home, they might, you might want to be looking at this as just a better line breaker though. Because a line breaker, you need to have, you have two units to get four points. You can do this with one unit. As long as the the, T's, the other T's and C's are, are ticked, one unit in your opponent's deployment zone will just get you four points, which can feel really good. What I love about this one though is, um, just use your sneaky units like just things that people wouldn't consider being able to sling out that far i really like eliminators personally for this even though they're not a usually a traditional blood angels unit but one unit of eliminators or one like single attack bike and stuff just getting you four points um it, it feels really good at times like here's a 50 point unit that this turn has just got me four points that that can feel really sick but yeah as, as i've never heard of the rest of them 
like Blade of Sanguinius, yeah. Fear of the Lost, Death from Above. I've never heard them in consideration. Is there any play at all for them? Um, no, unfortunately. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not taking enough Death Company units um, in order to max out Fury of the Lost. Like, you can't, you can take a couple Death Company characters and like three units of Death Company. And then if each of them scores a turn in each, scores a kill in each turn, then you get 15. And that doesn't sound yeah. very good. And I also just, we'll get to that when we get to the Lost on the next page. But like, I don't want to take. Exactly right. exactly right. Uh, next up on the next page is detachment abilities. That's just where Savage Echoes resides. That being your monofaction bonus of when you're in Assault Doctrine, you get an extra attack. Um, still pretty good. Like, you know, there's there's nothing wrong. Extra attacks and extra attack. I mean, I've, I've never found... Well, I've never found the Blood Angels lack for attacks, though. Like, <laughs> and a lot of the time, with the MSU nature of Ninth Edition, like, the extra attack is just it's just all overkill. But what it lets you do is just be real sneaky and let, like, one Sangard, you know, charge that unit of five guys, you know, to, to attack, while the other two stay back on this objective and string out, et cetera, et cetera, which I think is quite yeah. sick. I mean, Savage Echoes is quite honestly phenomenal. Mm. Um, it's one of the best army-wide... Um, it's one of the best super doctrines in Space Marines in general. Yeah, it's I'd say literally like them the and next White Scars, yeah. Best one would be like White Scars, yeah. yeah. And I think White Scars is a little better, but Savage Echoes is is amazing. Yeah. The I, Space Wolves one is probably a little worse than Savage Echoes, um, but it's also pretty good. Well, the only reason the Space Wolves one's even good at all is because you have the Whirlwind of Rage ability to double proc it. If, if you didn't have yeah. that and you, you couldn't, like, if you were just locked to what the Space Wolves buffs, it's, it's nowhere near as good. Um, tell us <laughs> tell us about the Lost, because if you're going to talk well, about a swing and a miss, I think this is where it's going to reside well, in this book. We will, yeah, I definitely want to talk about the Lost. But one, one last thing about Savage Echoes before we move on is that it is so much easier to put units into Assault Doctrine in Blood Angels than it is in White Scars or Space That's Wars. actually a really good point. You have so much so, more access to it earlier in the game. So, yeah, that's true. Exactly. Exactly. So even though White Scars might be better, your units can go in Savage Echoes. You can put up to three units turn one into... Yeah, it's doctor. actually ridiculous. And so, and usually turn one of people pl playing against Blood Angels and they know what's up, they're not going to let you get good charges. But turn two, they can, if you, you want to be charging, it's hard to avoid. So yeah. like that's really relevant for turn two, 100%. In addition, like one plan against White Scars is pressure them before exactly. their uh, Doctrine buff comes yep. up. That's not an option for Blood Angels yeah. or against Blood Angels. Exactly. Because they'll just turn multiple units uh, Savage Echoes. They'll activate Savage Echoes on mm. multiple units. And all of a sudden, they're hitting you just as hard. Exactly. Yeah. A really big fan. All right. So, yeah, The Lost. The Lost. Um, unfortunately, you really... This is, this is so flavorful, but it is just not great. The main reason it's not great is because you're spending a bunch of points, right? Yep. And you're taking a character that then loses their um their reroll ones to hit or wound mm -hmm. like if you take a captain or a lieutenant they lose their reroll ones to hit or wound and in exchange they get plus one attack and six of philippine now they can activate um various visions but the visions are generally not that great mm -hmm. and in addition you're, you're just taking a character who's at this point basically sole purpose is to be a beat stick and all they get is plus one attack for like 20 points and they lose their ability to give rerolls to the rest of your army yeah which means you generally need to take a captain on top of your death company exactly. captain just to give out so the rerolls so if you were taking a huge density of death company these things still buff death company like they still give rerolls to death company units but they don't to the rest of your army so literally if you unless you were playing well like a really hard skew archetype you're paying 20 points to make your, your unit worse Taking a buffing character exactly. that's an okay beat stick already and just turning him into a beat stick. So you're losing 
half the reason to take them in addition to blowing the points out so i i think this is just not good yeah it is it is not good um generally like generally when i play when i play blood angels i want um some kind of captain guy or chapter master usually dante we'll talk yep. about him later but some kind of guy to give out rerolls, and then a sanguinary uh priest and then a chaplain Mm-hmm. And if I have to take a captain that then is the loss, I have to take a second captain on top of that. Yes. Which is not about it. And so 20 points for one more attack and not giving rerolls. I feel like it should almost be free for that, for what you're giving up. Um, but yeah. Yeah, if it were free, it would be a lot more interesting, I think. You can make a case. Um, you can make a case for, like, instead of the chaplain, you take a captain and you give him a bunch of durability upgrades. Mm-hmm. But We'll talk about the uh, the Blood Angels chaplain on bike, who's my favorite character in the game at the moment. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I think he's just much better than the well, much better than just a, a captain. So tell us about. So there's there's visions that go with this, yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let's skip over to those because they're not right next to each other in the book for whatever reason. Yeah, we might as well because they they should go hand in hand. Yeah. So death visions. Uh, once a battle, you can use a death vision. And there's three death visions, and you can't use the same death vision more than yeah, once. Yeah. Um, and these are very flavorful, so, by the way. Very thematic and awesome. But yeah, continue. Yeah, there's there's a little fluff piece next to each one saying like what your guy is seeing at the moment and why where he thinks he is and why he's getting the bonus. Like it's literally paying twenty points for your captain to trip balls once per game. It's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> just putting he's it out there. Out, he's fighting for us, <laughs> and depending on where in the battle he uh, is, he like he gets bonuses to his attacks. Or <laughs> there's, yeah, they're, they're not bad buffs to be honest with you. A little situational, which is kind of the problem. Mm. Um, I'd say the best one is uh, on the bridge of the vengeful spirit, which is where your guy thinks that you know Horus is right over there. He just has to get through these flunkies first. Yep, and if he can see a. Uh, infantry or monster character, which is, I don't know why they limited to infantry or monster. Um, not sure why they didn't just say character. Oh, because it's Horus. He thinks he's fighting Horus. Yeah. That's why. Okay. All right. That's cool. Um, you add one to the model's attack for every five enemy models that are within six inches, and your reroll hits. I mean, that's pretty not bad. I mean, you know, to Nids and Guard are still on the horizon, guys. It's, there's an opportunity there to put 30, 30 models in six inch range and get five more attacks. Technically, now that is optimistic. Vi- uh, oh well, yeah. Like I said, it's possible. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be. It, yeah, um, but you know, two or three attacks in six, a six-inch range from a, a thirty-two mil base isn't insane. Um, but yeah, what one or two is most is the most likely outcome. Uh, yeah. uh, there, there's one that gives you a three-plus invulnerable save, which I don't mind if you're just like you said, doubling down, taking durability buffs. Then you've got a bit of a fridge to throw around, and you can just go in and be a stopper into stuff you want to, you know, manage later in the game. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So um, the next one is he thinks that Horus is about to slap the heck out of him, and so he becomes super tough. Yep. And that is uh, when an infantry character or monster is fighting him, then uh, you get a three-up invul, which is pretty pretty solid. Mm. Like, that one's honestly not bad. Mm. You know, Drazar runs in, going to kill you. Well, he looks an awful lot like Horus now, and he bounced off a three-up invul. Yeah, well, and so you can double this down by taking the armor and Dominus, yeah, which also gives you a three-plus invul, right? So you can, you can. Yeah, you can have two turns of three plus invulm, and in addition, the armor dominus I believe gives you some extra buffs as well. So you can have a pretty chunky boy running around, you know, just playing defense for you. But I mean, your blood angels, like you should just build to kill those things and not worry about them. Um, but yeah, it, it is interesting. It is an interesting thing. I just, just, just don't say it because it's, it's very situational, and I think it's just better things to do with twenty points in the book, which is probably a, a, a good thing, really. It, it is. It's unfortunate you can't make cool characters. 
honestly, if they kept um, if they kept the ability to just be like a regular captain, which not super flavorful, I understand. But if they kept the ability to be a re- regular captain or lieutenant, I would probably spend twenty points on these and not take Dante. I'd take one well, of these guys. Well, instead. yeah, if they if they kept their regular captain buff and you just got the and you you're paying twenty points for the visions and the and the extra attack from Death Company, I think it's a good twenty points. It actually is. Yeah, I mean, you're locked out of taking Chapter Master, which is a big deal. Mm, uh, it, yeah, that's so, that's very true as well. Like Chapter Master is yeah, actually you, yeah huge. And you can't be your warlord, which is which is fine. I think it's okay. Uh, you can still give him a warlord trait. If, and yeah, you should, uh, actually, can you give him a warlord trait and relic? If you can't, then ugh. yeah, you can. I was pretty sure you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. Okay. Yeah. So he's not he's not terrible, um, but he just locks. He takes up a slot and a bunch of points for a purely combat character mm. instead of a buffing character. And, so then you have to get the second one. And literally, oh, when yeah. every single unit in your army is essentially a combat unit like why do you need to you you want the synergy you want to make those units better enhance what you're already having to purchase by dint of being blood angels uh, therefore you know it just it, it, it makes it makes a little bit less sense to to divert away from that but moving on to the stratagems this is where i think we're gonna <laughs> be the most maligned uh, because there's essentially two pages that come down to about three stratagems that actually make a difference or make it make, make regular inroads into the game yeah, there are there are some actually pretty good ones in here. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're just not all that great. Yeah, um, it, going down the line, I mean, Descent of Angels got gutted. It did. Um, it from did last time, which is it's whatever. I had so many you know Blood Angel captains thrown at my at my knights you know three years ago, just across the board. And now we're in combat now, so mm. whatever. I think it's fine. You play more on the board now instead of trying to come out of reserves. Yeah, which I think is. A- it's okay. I mean, but if you are like if you are, you know, deep striking down next to a chappy for a seven, you know, seven inch charge, get it one CP for plus one to hit, um, you know, and ignoring a forest or a crater or something. Like it's it's cool to have when you need it, but you're right. Like you you really are an army that starts on the table now. Um so I am not too sure. I've I've never seen it come up as of yet. Um refusal can, to uh, I've seen refusal, yeah, refusal to, die to die come up. Yeah. So that's what turns your uh death company from having a six up feel no pain into a five up, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is quite good. I mean, you can use it on a character who's yep. been death companified. Um, again, I still don't think it's worth taking death company on them. But like, they're not the actual worst. They're just you inefficient. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly um, right. Now, is the the I'm sure you want to tell us about the next one, which is like the best thing in this book, maybe um, Angel Sacrifice. Oh, Angel Sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Unpack it a little Your bit for people. I can make um, can make Death Company like surprisingly hard to put away because on two one models, a five up feel no pain can be very obnoxious. So, and what happens is you wait and see what your opponent commits to them, and if they commit like just enough to kill them, then you mm. pop five up feel no pain and like three guys with hammers live. Yes. And if they overkill them you don't pop it at all mm. so it is it is a great stratagem i really think it it makes uh death company that and uh forlorn fury which we'll get to make death company phenomenal um angel sacrifice is the best stratagem in this book oh hands, hands down uh, unpack, yeah. unpack with people and by all means give some people some examples of how you used it uh really effectively yeah absolutely so the way it works is you spend one cp in the fight phase you select a blood angels character unit uh, until the end of the phase, each time an enemy unit is selected to fight, if a model in that unit is within engagement range of the character, when your opponent is selecting targets for his attacks, those attacks can only target that character unit. So this is amazing. What you yes. can do are a variety of things. You can charge characters into combat alongside a whole bunch of your units. Mm-hmm. As soon as your opponent spends two CP to interrupt, you say you're fighting my character now and keep your Sanguinary Guards safe. Yes. Um, 
then they fight and kill your character, mm -hmm. whatever, and your who can unit the charge who can fight on death if you want to spend three CP. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It just if you plan around your opponent's um, combats, you can just gut their combat turn after yeah. turn by forcing them to fight your characters instead of the units that are murdering them. Yeah, and this this uh, is one of the reasons that Dante sees uh, a little bit of play. Firstly, he brings he's uh, just a, an absolute baller um, in a beat stick, even if he's yeah. like the oldest, the the old rickety model. Is the geriatric model of a current edition, um, but he gets to do this. He gets to do um, uh, fight on death for free, right? So you can just run into a knight Majera alongside like a fatty unit of Sangard or Death Company and be like, "Yeah, you, Majera is you, you, your character Majera. He's just going to stomp out uh, Dante, who's then going to fight back for free on death, and then I'm going to finish you off with these Death Company hammers like straight after. Exactly. It feels well, really it's not good. Even characters, by the way, it's, it's any. It's any, anything. Exactly right. It's anything. He yeah. doesn't even have to be a character. Um, so yeah. I know the Black Templars one, it has to be a character. It does, this yeah. one's anything. Yeah. Um, and the Black Templars one's yeah, two CP. This is, this is one. So, so this is one. Very This good. one is a phenomenal strategy. Uh, the other thing is if you have a bunch of characters, you can just position them to where if your opponent charges your units, you mm. heroically intervene in. Yes. And all of a sudden, hey, look at that. You, uh, you're forced to fight my character now, and then the Sanguinary Guard rip you in half and then mm -hmm. get a whole bunch of extra movement up the board. Yes. You thought they were going to be dead. Yes. Turns out they're not. Uh, so there's there's just a whole bunch of ways to use the stratagem. It's it's one of, one of the ways I've seen um, people point out to me the most is that they love the huge base on the the primaris bike chap for this. Yes. They they have that guy constantly always in the extra pylon and consolidate, and so you force the attack into them, or but maybe you activate that guy first, even if he's not a beater. You pile and consolidate, get as many things into combat as like into base combat and engage range of that guy as possible. Um, and then, you know, just let him attack, let him hit into him. Maybe he attacks into something else and then, you know, piles in and taps as many models as possible. But there's so many cool ways to jank that around. I feel like it's the deepest stratagem in the book. Um, it's funny, Spiritual Might, the next one, one CP to just do another a psychic power is never a bad thing, but I've never seen it used. I've just never seen it. Um, I mean, they have good psychic powers. Um, they have decent psychers. Yeah. I think mostly what it is is that um, at the moment you don't want to have a random psyker in your army. Uh, Grey Knights and Thousand Sons will just rub their hands with glee at that because you don't get to take a board of the Witch mm -hmm. and um, Thousand Sons get to take a ruinous secondary where they just have to you know kill more models with psychic powers than you do. Yeah. And you have one psyker and they have 15. So you, you kind of don't want the random psyker at the moment, although mm. before those books came out, like there's some decent powers in here we can talk about. Yeah. And we're definitely going to. We're going to give you guys an overview of the the uh sanctic discipline i can't remember what it's called um here's a, here's a funny one for you lucifer patent engines bless just a callback to years gone by when vehicles actually made it into the game <laughs> you get to spend yeah. a, you get to spend um, a cp on a vehicle you're never taking to give them auto advanced sixes uh, for the entire game like if only they let you do this on Dreadnoughts. It specifically says it excludes Dreadnoughts. If you could do it on Dreadnoughts, it would be cool. But of course, then, you know... It's or a model that can fly. Yeah, it's not the <laughs> best. I don't think you want to be taking vehicles no, in Blood Angels anyway. It's an infantry army. Anyway. Yeah. It, it is a very infantry-based army, but, like... It's it's cute. Mm. It's cute. I just don't see a reason why. why? Yeah, I mean, it, pull one out for the the Baal Preds guys. I'm really hoping one day we have a a Baal uh, like um what's not repulsor? No, not repulsor. Um, Reaper Gladiator or a, a Baal Gladiator. gladiator yeah. One day would be sick. Hopefully, we have a good Gladiator once upon a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, assault cannons on the sides, some super turret crazy thing on top. Uh, maybe it can be the Flamer version. Um, like we got a bunch of um 
strategic like uh, specific ones we've got like red rampage we've got unbridled ardor we've got um upon wings of fire and savage destruction any any in there that really slap you in the face as being you know underrated or situationally awesome unbridled ardor is actually pretty good um you you do it when you're heroically intervening mm-hmm. um one cp a sanguinary guard unit can heroic six inches it's sick so that yeah it's great you can control objectives phenomenally well with that because it's one of those strats that you don't use that often mm-hmm because your opponent is forced to play around it. The scenario would be like, I have a Sanguinary Guard unit, you know, behind terrain on an objective within six inches of the entire area of controlling the objective. And all of a sudden, my my opponent can go in range, at which point I will activate this, pile into them, and, and murder them. Or they don't. And they usually won't, because you'll tell them, like, I have a six-inch heroic, which means they just don't take the objective from you in the first place. Yeah. So it's a great stratagem to just have in the tank, and it helps you control objectives phenomenally well with these Sanguinary Guard. Um, another unit that has the keyword, and this comes up quite a lot, is the Sanguinary Ancient has the Sanguinary Guard keyword. So he can heroic six inches as well. I usually mm-hmm. have him with rights of war, which yep. helps out spreading OPSEC around the board. Yep. But in addition, he's a character, which matters for angel sacrifice. sacrifice. Yep. Spot so on. he can heroic six inches when necessary. So mm-hmm. as long as you let him get, you can put him in the center of a Sanguinary Guard unit. As long as you give him ways of getting out of the unit, because he can't go over models during heroically intervening because yep. he's fly, he doesn't have that during the, uh, the, the during that yeah. phase. But he can basically protect the whole unit by just heroicing six inches, yes, hanging whatever it is, sacrificing his body for the emperor, and then the secondary guard clean them up. Exactly right. So it's a pretty good stratagem, mm. and it just helps with objective control really, really well. And it's one you don't have to spend most of the time. Just even having it printed in the rulebook is half of its power. Exactly right. It's, it's, a, it's a psychological play, 100%. Um, yeah. It's really, really, really good. Next up um, is Fall on Fury. This is the, the pre-game move for Death Company, which I see this used... In fact, I see people take Death Company because this stratagem exists. And this is one we, we've had, we had in you know editions gone by in 8th and such. Um, so pretty much start of the game, before, before turn one begins, you can just pay a couple of CP. Um, and yeah, move your Death Company unit. Uh, normal move up to 12 inches, as if we were moving phase, but of course must end nine inches away. So you can block this out with things like infiltrators, things like incursors, nerglings and things can can push this back. Um, so I usually see people leave their Death Company as their last drop. Um, and then, you know, they're their first, usually they're their first move. And people take this in order to activate that um, secondary, right? To, to get the, the four-point secondary, because first turn you can really easily get a you know, Death Company in your opponent's deployment zone. You can. Um, this is going to sound a little weird. But I think Death Company are better going second than first. That sounds a little weird because going first, you get to Forlorn Fury I, at the board. I actually 100% agree because as soon as you, well, as soon as you forlorn them into a safe place just outside your deployment zone, your opponent can't leave their deployment zone um, exactly. unless they can address him, unless they can address them, which means being able to sling something possibly 18 inches or more on turn one, which very few armies can do. Man, Drakari can't do it. It's one of the best tools for keeping Drakari back that I know of. Yeah, um, yeah, because a unit of Death Company with four Thunderhammers can pretty reliably kill two to three raiders if they're near each exactly other. Exactly right. Man, killing raiders is the biggest if you're playing Jakari, chainswords do the job, you know? <laughs> like, you, you don't need... Yeah. Whoa, yeah, yeah, one fist and four chainswords to probably get that, that one raider down. Um, here's here's how you split to kill three raiders, by the way. <laughs> okay. You, you have one dude with six attacks off the chainsword. So you have plus one to hit off of the Ancient, you have four rerolls to hit off Chapter Master, and you put them in Assault Doctrine from the Sanguinary Priest. So you put two hammers into one boat. That's that right. should put it away. That's revolting. Yeah. You put one hammer and three chainsword attacks into another boat. The chainswords are wounding on fours. They just need to plink a wound off. Yeah. And then five thunder hammer attacks hitting on threes, full rerolls, wounding on twos 
should kill, should do get three through and do yeah. nine damage. So that's a and you do the same thing to another boat. That's a beautiful. That that's a beautiful yeah. subset of profiles there because all you need to do is get three Thunderhammer wins through and one Chainsword. Um, exactly. And then you, you pop that boat. That feels really good. I mean, like you, you would just be like salivating over like uh, the Naden, um, you know, swarm of venoms because you're like, well, one guy per venom, boys. Let's do it. I got five <laughs> boys in this squad. We can get one venom each. Like it's, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and popping the transports is so important, <laughs> especially now that you're only going to have like three transports in their list. Mm. Like if you can kill all three, and people do it all the time. People leave their transports together because mm. they want to go in one spot. And, yeah, you know, forlorn fury up and bonk them. But the main thing you do is what is what you said. You know, when I said that they are better going second, mm. is you forlorn fury them up into a safe place in the middle of the board, and now your opponent can't leave their deployment zone. Exactly right. Exactly because. Right. The the struggle that happens a lot is as a combat army, you want to take the center of the board away from your opponent. Because mm -hmm. if you can live in the center of the board outside a line of sight behind some kind of terrain piece, yep. then the game is functionally over. If they push into you, they're tabling themselves. Yes. Um, but what happens is the shooting army will like to try to move to the center first. So then when you try to move in, they can move up and get lines of sight and shoot you. Mm. If you move up Death Company turn one, before they've got a chance to move, then if they approach the center, they, again, they're getting tabled, you take the center, game over. Legit, like, dude. I've seen people yeah. win the game with Fall on Fury. They take they take Oath of Moment or Stranglehold, just move into the middle of the board and be like, you can't leave your deployment zone without getting absolutely cooked, and I'm going to sit here, put up two banners, take my four, you know, three per turn on Oath, my Stranglehold, my banners, whatever, whatever you've got, priority targets, I just be like, well... What are you gonna do? You're gonna you're gonna come tango and, and lose, or you're gonna stay there and at least leave this game with some points. And a lot of people are just like, well, I guess I'm taking my 40 points out of this game. You can have your yeah, 80, sir. Do not, <laughs> yeah, do not want to push into blood angels. Yeah, dude, it's rough <laughs> as guts. Your army down the throat of yeah. like you know, 10 death company and 20 sanguinary guard and mm. 10 van vets and characters is just like ugh, rough, rough, rough. Um, it's rough. And also, they, I mean, death company. If if you don't see a valuable target turn one. You don't have to just scoot them up. Uh, the exactly, board exactly. They're not. They don't have to always be used. Like um, yeah. one of the best things I said, I've said about space wolves um, in, in the past as well, which 100 applies to blood angels. Is there a, a compact unit of deter, a compact army of deterrence? You want to build as many psychological deterrents for your opponent to try and beat you. Um, and stuff and, yeah. and like death company you know uh angel sacrifice stuff like that it's just building these levels of oh god i need to unpack this other problem before i can try and remove this unit and then they have another problem and then there's heroic interventions and the other sacrifice and the fight on death and, da, 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 da. and yeah, yeah yeah you just got you're reeling from the amount of issues you need to overcome in order to to antiquate an account for th these units um savvy uh we need to wrap up the um the stratagem section. We've got yeah, Homies of Fire, Savage Destruction, Chalice Overflowing. Give us a little bit of a synopsis of these three. So Savage Destruction is uh, whatever. It's a morale test thing. Morale doesn't matter in ninth edition. It's Flesh so. Terrors as well. So yeah, It's also Flesh Terrors. And and Blood Angels, Like we can talk about the chapter uh, tactic after we're done with the stratagems, but it's phenomenal. It is. Um, upon Wings of Fire is really good. It lets you take Retrieve Octarius data mm -hmm. as otherwise you wouldn't really be able to because you have no way of getting to your opponent's deployment zone without walking in. Yep. But like a two-man squad that lived through a combat or whatever, just put them back into the sky. It puts a core jump pack unit back into reserves and the following yeah. when they come back down. Yeah. So turn four, there's like a two-man squad running around, put them back into reserves. The following turn, they come down, score your rods, and you're, mm. you're set. Um, and then Chalice Overflowing is, is also phenomenal. Uh, Sanguinary Priests can put units into Assault Doctrine, and yep. this lets them put an additional unit into Assault Doctrine. Yes. It's a really, really, really good guy. So when your opponent... You know, when you're like, all right, you'll have to come into the center in order to take the game, and your opponent, you know, does, you just go, I bet, and you just tap Chalice Overflowing, mm. and potentially 
the two CP to put a unit into every combat doctrine or into every yeah into every doctrine, and then you just go slap them. Yeah, it's it's, it's a this is a weird stratagem section to break down. So there's two there's two stratagems in here that are exclusively for flesh terrors. I really wish there was just two pages of blood angels, and then they gave you a third page for flesh terrors. Because what you've done is watered down the blood angel section and not given flesh terrors enough to feel worthwhile anyway. You've kind of yeah. diminished both, so to speak. In addition to that, there's seven. I mean, the onslaught for flesh terrors is actually really it's actually good. really good, but they deserve like one or two more to actually make them feel like they're a, a fleshed out option. You know, um, it, exactly. it feels like they kind of half assed that one. Uh, in addition to that, yeah. so there's seventeen. There's seventeen here uh, stratagems. Like I said, two of those are for flesh terrors, so we're down to fifteen options for dark angels, and then four of those are like your upgrade a sergeant, upgrade for Lucia pattern engines, upgrade you know buy extra this, buy extra that. So there's really only like what eleven eleven stratagems here for blood angels. Feels yeah, but I think like bit. six or seven of those are ones you want to use often. That's true, at least. That is at least true. There's like one if you if you took all the good ones, you have one good page of stratagems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is fine. You know, it's fine. Good. Angel sacrifice is phenomenal. Mm. Um, unbridled ardor is pretty good. I'm probably missing something in here, to be honest. Uh, Forlorn Fury is really good. Upon Wings of Fire is pretty good. Chalice Overflowing is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, exactly right. So, There's and, and once again, they, 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 Blood Angels are really big indication of the when it came out of the direction GW was going in stratagem wise because there isn't a build around strat. There really isn't a single build around strat. There's a bunch of incredibly opportunistic, sorry, incredibly powerful when the time is right stratagems and set, set yourself up for them, but there's nothing here that significantly influences your unit choices outside wanting to take Sangard and one unit of Death Company. Like apart from that, they don't tell you any other choices you should take, um, and that's really been that's really been the kind of the, the calling card of, of ninth um, from eighth. One of the big changes. Tell us about the Warlord traits, my dude. Moving on. Sure, sure. Um, so there are some. There's actually a couple really good. There ones are, in man. Here. Yeah, hundred percent. There are. Um, speed of the Primarch is whatever you fight first, but your opponent can plan around that. If it matters, they'll fight there first. Like yeah, they'll fight your Warlord exactly. first. If it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. So. It's 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 all right. You probably won't spend a slot on it. Artisan of War, on the other hand, phenomenal. I love it. Um, you get an extra special issue war gear between adamantine mantle, yep. artificer armor, mastercrafted weapon, and digital weapons. And you can make my favorite character in the game, which I will go over right now. He is a Primaris chaplain on a bike. Yep. He is your warlord. Yep. Which will come up later with Sangard. It's important that he is your warlord. He has two warlord traits, because you can give a guy two warlord traits. Mm -hmm. He has Gift of Foresight, which is on this list as well. And he has Artisan of War, and he has the Armor armor Indominus. So he has the Armor Indominus, which gives him a 2-up armor and a 3-up once a game in Vuln. And then with Artisan of War, I give him Adamantine Mantle for a 5-up Feel No Pain. Uh, the Armor Indominus also gives him an extra wound. Mm -hmm. So this man is rocking a 2-up armor, 4-up in Vuln, 3-up once a game, uh, 8 wounds with a 5-up Feel No Pain, and he, can, he has access to Transhuman. Mm -hmm. And then on top of all of that, I gave him Gift of Foresight. And Gift of Foresight is the best warlord trait in this book it might be one of the best space ring warlord traits in general it is amazing it is every turn so your turn your opponent's turn mm -hmm. doesn't matter you can reroll a hit a wound and a saving throw not or and and, and. it's yeah. so crazy i mean if it was and so if it was or it would be still good but far worse but seeing as it's and it is nuts it is so good crazy wow so this guy doesn't reroll normally unless you pass a chant he doesn't reroll the hit Yep. But considering he hits on twos and he has plus one to wound off of being a blood angel, and so most of the time he's wounding on twos as mm -hmm. well, he has hits on twos, reroll one of them, which is usually good enough. Yep. 
because it's hitting on twos. And it's usually wounding on twos, reroll one of them. Mm -hmm. So this man, a lot of the time, has reroll hits and wounds. Yes. And he rerolls a save every single turn. And you can also CP reroll a save exactly. when it matters. Exactly. So you think about the just if. Because when you want, of course, this guy's going to have a three up. So he's going to be yeah. one CP transhuman. So you're wounding him on fours. Um, he's going to have a three up into a five up with two re-rolls. You just, when you think you can kill him, uh, Jack says no. Like the chap, he says, nah, not, not uh, check, yeah. checks his watch, looks at where the position of the sun. He's like, not, not this turn, sunshine. It's not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> it's really, good. really good. Um, he has tanked a Knight Lancer to the face without even blinking. <laughs> he has units of Incubi over and over and uh, over again. He has tanked. He, just every murderous combat unit in the game, he's just laughed off mm. sometimes. Like Drazar, he's laughed off Drazar and then murdered him on the crackback. Yep, yep. He has, he's Blood Angel, so he has an extra attack. And then you can take, yeah. um, you can take uh, whichever, the the chant that gives you plus one strength. Mantra, mantra of Strength, I believe, damage. yeah. Mantra of Strength. Um, you can take that, so he's a legitimate combat he's, threat yeah, as well. Yeah, he's already good in combat. Doesn't need much seven enhancing. Yeah. Hitting on two strength, seven minus two, three damage. Plus one to wound, reroll Look, a hit. And listen a to this man strength. gushing over his build. I love it. Oh, and he's <laughs> so good to just power slide into units uh, and force them to fight him over yes, the juicy sangra yes. right next to him. And just be like, well, so what, he, if, what you got, man? Like, literally, what have you got? I bet I, you I can take it. <laughs> he's one of your last models that's left alive in almost every single game, hmm. which means that he is giving all of your sanguinary guard plus one to hit in shooting and melee because he's your warlord. Mm -hmm. So they have the rule, uh, rule heirs of his Kalon, or however you pronounce that. So they're getting plus one to hit. He can give out full rerolls to hit off his chance. He can give out plus two to charge instead of plus one, mm -hmm. as well as piling consolidate an extra three, which matters quite a lot. Yes. So he gives out just a ton of buffs to your army, as well as being a massive tank. Yeah. And he also is very consistent with his damage. I think he's an incredible character. Like, really, really, really awesome build. Everyone note that down. I expect to see that everywhere, because he's freaking amazing. Um, are there any other good Warlord traits? I mean, there's a there's a six-inch Heroic Intervention one. There's um, add three to the range of Warlords, um, you know, rights of battles and their aura abilities, but they're all named abilities, so you can't really jank it too much. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I actually think Soul Warden might be on the rise as like a, a second or third Warlord trick, Warlord pick, just because of if if you got in a meta struggling with um, T Suns, some sisters builds, GKs, having the five up against mortals yeah. built in on your list might not be a bad thing. Um, any others you see as Soul Warden? Yeah, Soul Warden's definitely like the third best yeah. I would say on here. In my experience, it, it won't make a difference. That if you're in line of sight, you're going to take enough mortal wounds to go away. And if you're not, then you'll take zero. And so generally the best defense plan is to be zero. Plan threat to be zero. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, but it's it's definitely not terrible. Mortal wounds, five against mortal wounds comes up quite a bit. Mm. So Awesome. Yeah. And any of the flesh terriers, wallet traits really slap you in the face as being potent? Um, the one where you get an extra melee attack for every five enemy models within three inches is not great because it's every five three enemy inches. models within three. So maybe, maybe not, it's one, maybe, maybe it's one, maybe. And I just don't think that the yeah. yeah, modified hit roll of six scores, an additional hit is pretty good. It's fine. Um, yeah. not worth being flush terrors, but nah, if not. you are, it's like, it's fine. Um, and Cretaceous Born is pretty not great. Um, the ignoring Just overwatch, you know, should Tau come back in, in a big way, it could become a lot more potent a lot more important i mean it's one of the big reasons cult of strife's been so oppressive because you can't just flame the damn bastards to death on the overwatch um but well, you know who ignores overwatch who that chaplain oh exactly right him, and he's yeah, not gonna give a crap yeah that's true that's yeah. absolutely true fair 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 um jumping into the sanguinary discipline i, I called it the sanctity discipline i knew it started with san i got the rest wrong um the sanguinary discipline 
Um, we've got Quicken, Unleash Rage, Shield of Sanguinius, Blood, of Bo- Blood Boil, Blood Lance, and Wings. Now, traditionally, Quicken and Wings were the two only t- real two ones you gave a crap about. Unleash Rage, if you were going to push that way and you know went wanted to be extra smashy. Give us the breakdown now. How do these? How does this package come together? And what are the high points, low points? Um, it's actually not bad. If you take a Chief Librarian, I think you want to take Quickening, Unleash Rage, and Wings, mm-hmm. and then depending on what you need to do, you can make a unit just smack insanely hard, or you can make your Librarian good or you can like thread the balance yep i I think they're pretty good powers um i think with talos on the rise that's something i'm gonna want to talk about uh dark eldar are now gonna probably be transitioning away somewhat or from msu you're still gonna see msu because it's quite good yeah it's it's, but you are going to see a lot of people taking the the beef yeah the the talos the chronos all that and we do need a little extra punch to get through it so you could consider unleash rage yeah, I 100% agree. I think we're going to see a 2-3 split one way or another, like a third chunk and two-thirds uh, MSU or vice versa. Two-thirds chunk, one-third MSU. Um, and so yeah, Unleashed Rage does make a lot more sense now. What about the rest? I mean, I actually used to use Blood Boil in 8th edition, funnily enough, because Mephiston used to jump out and do like, you know, a bunch of mortal wounds and then wings himself and, you know, go all nuts all over the place. Um, what's the rest of the, the discipline look like? Uh, Shield of Sanguinius is not terrible. Uh, it's I don't think it's great because it doesn't make you durable enough if you're getting hit, I think, to live through it. So I don't think it quite makes the cut, although it's it's not a bad not a bad power. Blood Boil is, uh, in my opinion, a slightly worse smite that lets you target characters and stuff within 18 inches. Yeah. It's it's all right. It's not bad. Uh, Blood Lance is similarly, I think, just not that great. You can line up a whole bunch of models and then roll a 5-plus for each one. You take a Mortal Wound for each. It's like... It's like a smite, but call it, you know, harder, a little bit harder to cast, and is very unreliable. In order to be a smite, you need to line up six models mm. with a uh, eighteen-inch line. Yeah, well, just, we you know, know how we feel about things that draw a line. There's if there's two tenants of this podcast reviewing things. If it's a pistol or it draws a line, it's trash. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't. Bloodlance is just not not that great. You have to line up six things yeah. to make it better than Smite. Exactly or to right. make it even than Smite. Yeah. Sorry. Um, wings. So it, it's still it's still um, the Psyche make a normal move or fallback as if we were moving phase in addition. The end of the phase. Psyche has move characteristic of 12 and the fly keyword. I mean, this is this was really good for a long time. I just think that that single Psyche play has just gone the way of the Dodo with the secondaries and the way the game's played at the moment. Like, you give up the opportunity to get a, fifth, a, a, a really good 15 for a boar against Grey Knights and some T-Suns, and then you give T-Suns yeah. an auto 15 against you should you, take, should you have that Psyker. So I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I feel like if you're taking this, you're taking it to buff the stuff you've already got, not to make a beat stick Psyker, because you can just make a beat stick out of any of your characters. Um, why have it be a Psyker? I, I agree with that 100%. I think you... St- a lot of your psychers can know no three powers, like you uh, take a chief librarian, yeah. and then he knows three cast two. So I think you take quickening, unleash rage, and wings. And then, if you do that. And then you, now is not time in the meta to take. Yeah, psych- exactly right. Psych- and then you've got you've got an awesome psychic power. One CP cast that third power. It's actually kind of sick. Um, so he, pretty good. Yeah. He, yeah, he can he can slug slug out. Sorry, he can slug out a, a bunch of mortals or a bunch of buffs. It's it's actually quite nice. The issue is. In a non-psychic centric army, you just don't take any psychers. Like it's just a thing now. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, Grey knights are possibly the best army in the game at the moment. 
They might be number two. We still yeah. have to see how the meta shapes out. Hundred percent, the top three. But yeah, hundred percent, the top three. Yes, we'll, we'll see. Exactly. We'll see what see where it uh, trickles down from there. Um, onto so the- having a fifteen secondary into them is a big deal. <laughs> big yikes! Uh, a thousand tons are also around, and although I think Blood Angels can beat the heck out of them. Um, well, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about Blood Angels versus T Suns in in part two because it is an interesting matchup. Um, it is because they've got good profiles sure. into you, but they can't let you touch a damn thing. Anything you touch just turns back into the dust from whence it came. Um, <laughs> like it never was. Yeah. Um, all right. Onto the relic section. Um, there's some, uh, some okay. There's some good stuff here. The good stuff here is quite good. Tell us about it. So the first one I really like is wrath of ball. Mm-hmm. Um, that's if you're leaning heavy into a jump pack strategy, which I personally like quite a lot. Yep. Um, it's a six inch aura of when you move a unit within, you know, six inches of you. Um, normal move, advance, fall back. It's uh, any of that. Just add two inches to the move characteristic. Phenomenal. And it's when each wow. unit is selected to move. So that means if you have your army in two chunks, you take your ancient with the banner, mm-hmm. and everybody around him moves an extra two inches, and then he moves to the second chunk of your army, and then everyone there moves to. Oh, it's so well. good! It's the applications here are fantastic. The T's and C's, so to speak. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Wrath of Bar. I think it's easily the best one. Because just it's a, such a good activator for your army, what you want to do. Like yeah, any agree aggressive army in the game would bend over backwards and sell their grandma for this. Like it's insane. Yeah. So if you think about it, right, White Scars are the most maneuverable Space Marine army because mm. they have advanced and charge. Yeah. We have plus two to your movement and plus one to your charges, plus two if you have the, the chap on your body. Yeah. But that's like pretty close to advance and charge. It is. About the distance, yeah. Well, right? you got plus one to the advance as well. Yeah. Like uh, plus one to advance yeah, more exactly. charge. Yeah. Um, when you advance, you move insanely far. Mm-hmm. Like when you need a unit to just move to a separate part of the board, they'll move like 20 inches. Yeah. Uh, a, heart, so, a hearty yeet, as the kids would say. Hearty yeet. As the, yeah, as the kids would say. I hear. I look, at, look at me getting down. Um, are there any other big hitters here? I remember reading Visage of Death oh. and thinking it wasn't bad um, because you, losing Obsec. I think there's a lot of hubbub made around that thinking it was going to be phenomenal and really, really potent. And then people realize just how killy blood angels are. And you're like, what obsec is surviving when I want it gone? Like if I'm close, if I'm close enough to, if I'm close enough to apply this aura to that unit, I'm close enough to kill them and chop them to bits. I think that's, I think that's correct. I think if you really want this ability, just take a Phobos, um, a Reaver Lieutenant. Yeah. A Reaver Lieutenant. Sorry. Mm. And then just, you have the option of spending the CP to have that effect. And which means your opponent will play around it and you never need to spend the CP. Yep. Uh, as opposed to preemptively spending one CP to get minus one to hit against you, which almost never matters. Mm. And the losing obsec within three inches. I would say it's a it's a bit of a miss, although I can definitely see how people would think thought it was uh really, really good. Mm. Uh, people like Icon of the Angel quite a bit. I don't think it's terrible. I just think that it doesn't make the cut over other warlord traits and relics that I want in the list. Yeah, um, so that's um, blood entry units with six of this. Yeah, this model can reroll the charge rolls for that unit because that sounds very yeah. good, doesn't it? it? It does. It saves you CP over the course of the game um, because usually you're in a position where you're only going to fail like one one charge a turn, and then mm. you basically have rerolls on your charges because you just the one that you fail you reroll. Yeah, um, this is definitely better than having to do that, but not by enough that I want to take it instead of a different relic. Exactly right. Um, Galleon's staff is actually not bad if you want to take one beat sticky librarian. Yep. 
Uh, you just it's a force stave that's an additional minus one AP, which does really matter. Mm-hmm. And um, you're just plus one to cast Sanguinary Discipline. And you're you, so it's you can already be pl- you can already be plus one for being the the chief librarian, can't you? So you can really get you can get plus two and really double down, right? Exactly. Or that lets you take a warlord trait that lets you punch better, uh, like Imperium Sword or something, yep. so yep. that you can still get the plus one to cast, but you have a better weapon and you have a warlord trait that lets you do damage. So it's it's interesting. Hammer of Ball is interesting as well. Mm. Probably not good enough to make the cut. And then the rest of them are flesh terrors. And again, not weird, bad, but, but it's just weird again. Like they've taken two of these out to be flesh terrors. Like I wish flesh terrors got their own half page again. Um, and they didn't water down both relic sections by making the last two of them exclusionary to the rest. Um, like, I mean, if it makes you feel better, I mean, they're just bad relics either way. Well, so I know, like I know, I know, but that's that's what I mean. I, I feel like both Blood Angels and Flesh Terrors de- deserve a little bit more respect in this book, whereas Blood Angels get the entirety of what another faction would have gotten. E.g., if you were Dark Angels, you would have just nothing but Dark Angel stuff, and then Flesh Terrors should have their own like half page. Um, Man, if Severer gave you an additional attack, oh, at least like a yeah, does, it would not be. Bad. It would not be bad. You're and right, because it's a it's a a pseudo Teeth of Terror, right? It it gives you no extra attacks. Yeah. So unlike our Nostardi's chain sword, it doesn't give you an extra attack. What it is is plus two strength, AP minus two, so that's three in assault doctrine and two damage, which is a pretty good profile for, for when you got plus and one to wound. It's wound, a very good profile. Yeah. Yes, and then unmodified wound rolls of five plus do an immortal wound in addition. The problem is that's the point where you're not. You just really want one extra attack, like Teeth of Terror's three additional attacks, and I'd much rather have three extra attacks yep. than um, exactly right than a couple, like two mortal wounds or something. Fair, fair, fair. All right, special issue, Wargear. We've got the actual stuff that matters. We have, what, Quake Bolts uh, and, and and Archangel's Shard, Flesh Barrier Grenade, Flesh Render Grenades, whatever, Gleaming Pinions. If you want to go over a section where Adam just forgot to be able to speak, this is the bit you want to write down. Yeah, so that I did was, that. Uh, that I did that awesome, really well, really well, guys. Um, <laughs> tell us about this special issue, Wargear. Um, Adamantine Mantle is really good on the Super Chaplain. Yep. Uh, I like that. The rest of them are not great. You can Mastercraft a Thunder Hammer on a Sergeant, which is fine, if mm-hmm. a little... Probably not CP you want to end up spending, but it's not terrible. Uh, Quake Bolts is pretty good. It's just you get plus one to hit in melee. You just shoot at a unit, and you're fine. You just have to hit. So, yeah, this is the one where... This is this is kind of cool. It affects, it, it affects outside... Um... Uh, outside blood angels like it affects all other uh units so if you did soup for whatever reasons and just chuck like a crazy phobos guy you can redeploy and forward deploy and stuff you could move up you could quake bolt like a you said it like a knight you quake bolt a knight and you can just run up and get plus one to hit with him with like bulgrin or whatever other nutty stuff you want yeah bulgrin really like hitting on twos that that's a great example with no rend they might as well have no rend at the moment because like yeah no rend zero rendless Speaking of lending, flesh rending grenades. It's almost like you're picking up what I'm putting down, dude. Exactly. Uh, Flesh render grenades are just not amazing. They just, you spend a CP for them and they're A, six inch range. So you're only going to throw them really once. And then it's like two, maybe three hits, you know, blast. Um, At strength five, AP three, two damage. And they don't get light cover. It's it's a lot of rules for something that has two shots on average. Eh, eh. If yeah, you're close, yeah, like if yeah, you're within if you're within that. six inches to throw the grenade, charge and kill the bastard. Don't you know? Whatever, just yeah, exactly. just throw the crack grenade you already had, which is almost as good a profile as this anyway. 
Um, and, oh my god, yeah, it is. Yeah. it's actually like not the same as a crack grenade. It's not much. It's not much better. I mean, two two is better than D three. Crack grenades are rent one, but you're gonna have rent two on it if you really want to. It's strength six on the crack grenades. So you're winning some. Yeah. Why do you give it? Why do you give a crap? Like you really. Yeah, I'm not taking that. Um, so gleaming pins. Oh, by the way, throw a frag or crack grenade. In addition to this, yeah, which is which is funny. Well, not, not, not in addition because yeah. it only replaces so, your the frag same grenade, guy. He's just so got a spicy. Yeah, he's got a spicy yeah. second. He's got a shiny, a shiny grenade less, next to his regular grenades. Um, gleaming pinions, I thought was going to be good. I thought we we're going to see more play than it does. Unless unless you take it, no, I'm unaware. No, I I I wouldn't. I just. It doesn't do enough to justify a slot. It it makes a guy slightly more mobile. Mm. So a lot of the a lot of the time it won't do anything. Yeah, um, fair. because charging when you fall back on one specific character. I mean, how often is that one character exactly stuck in combat? Yeah. Um, and rerolling charges only matters if you fail a charge. Mm. So a lot of the time this relic won't even come up. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. No, I, I I'm just not a big fan. That's it's exactly right. But I think. Going down Wrath of Ball, Quake Bolt sometimes. Galleon Staff can be good if you're taking one Librarian. I think one Librarian can be very strong. Not necessarily the time for it. <laughs> um, other notable ones, which, uh, are, you know, um, I like Teeth of Terra quite a lot with plus one to wound. Yep. It's pretty good. Yep. Um, an additional attack. I love putting that on my Sanguinary Priest, which I'll talk about when we get to the Sang Priest. But I think Teeth of Terra is really good. I like Armor Indomitus. Um, I think just a generic, like the, the relics aren't great in Blood Angels, oh, but I think you can still, I think there's still like three that you just want. Yeah, same, so but there's like, so out. the reason is, is because you're so deep when it comes to good melee profiles. Like, why why would you bother putting anything on one, some of the Sangard you know, characters? The Sangard Ancient comes with an incredible weapon already, right? It comes with one of the Incarmine or... Yeah, yeah exactly. well, it comes with an Incarmine. No, enhance, so, no enhancement needed. Like, there's so many good weapons that you just get with get by default. Like um the the crozius it just comes with your chappy the, the amount of buffs he puts on himself means that's just a good that's just a good weapon now like you you don't really yeah. need all that enhance that much enhancing um yeah. I'd say the only relic weapon you really want to take is teeth of terror yeah exactly right uh, yeah um just takes your scanner priest from zero to hero and I would love it on him. jumping down to the data sheets we'll, we'll jump through this relatively yeah. quickly oh, I'm actually really happy to say Dante's legit legit good it feels good when the flagship like centerpiece fluff character like the chapter master-esque level character is actually worth playing i love that for a faction and i want to pour i'll, yeah. I'll pour one out there for all the boys and girls out there with the, who, who their guy if it doesn't exist because his name is vect and they retcon that guy or all the other they're not retcon oh, they, so, so sad. The, deleted is him and his slave girls went went into the webway never to be seen again for now you hate to see and it. like you know space wolves well, slogans I, trash I got, um, yeah i got made fun of by Siegs when I started putting uh, Dante in my list. Man, he's probably shut up pretty quick. Not laughing anymore. <laughs> right, baby. Uh, I, I like Dante quite a lot. And the main reason, I don't like him as my Warlord. I think him as your Warlord is a big miss. Mm -hmm. um, he gives you an extra command point if he is your Warlord. Yep. Which, whatever. His Warlord trait is not great. It makes his auras nine inches instead of six, Meh. which is not that good as a warlord trait especially since you have some great warlord traits in this well he's only got one aura um, his, his aura is just his real once that's all it, it increases takes, it takes it from six to nine i think he gives like plus one leadership or some nonsense uh no nah, he doesn't doesn't even do anything that's the only thing he does at uh i think it's on in, inspiring leader i think it's on heroic bearing yeah Fair. it adds one to leadership within nine inches okay. if he has the warlord trait. Yep. but again just not worth it nah him as your warlord is just you get 
one CP, mm. which is not worth it as a warlord trait goes, especially considering you're giving up the ability to take two warlord traits on a character. Exactly. Which because it must be yes. a warlord. Um, he's a great beater. He comes with six attacks, seven on the charge, of course, eight when you get to Savage Echoes. Yeah. Um, with yeah. uh, in in combat at strength seven minus three two damage. I got to tell you that strength seven is a huge breakpoint. That's a that's I, I wound most vehicles on a three with eight attacks. They are so screwed. Exactly. That's very. And you good. wound a lot of things on twos, yeah. and he goes up to eighty four in assault option. Yeah. So he slaps hard. Very good. Um, the re main reason I like Dante is because he is functionally a chapter master, but he's cheaper than a beat stick chapter he master. Is. A lot of beat stick chapter masters would have like a thunder hammer, mm -hmm. would have like six attacks on the charge. He has eight. Mm -hmm. um, so he's two damage, so that about balances out. But he's like 20 points cheaper than a beat stick chapter yes, master. Yes, he's actually really good. And he comes he comes with, you know, like I and, said, in addition, he gets a free epic deed stratagem. So most likely that's either, that's usually fight on death. He'll get for free every game if he does die. Um, exactly. And, and yeah, he's minus one to hit from shooting and combat. And yeah, he brings brings like exactly. a, a damn good beater and your chapter master. Uh, like like you said, a similarly equipped chapter master. Yeah, runs you about 20 points more. So he's just good. He's just good value. He's just good value. And he basically is like a character who has a relic and a warlord trait is, yeah. without having the to CP. spend mm -hmm. the relic and the warlord trait. Exactly. Which right. is massive. It's usually max out on those. So onto the Beyblade himself, the Nutra Bullet, Mr. Blender, Gabriel Seth. Um, yeah, the Willet Blend. <laughs> the Willet Blend. I love Seth, and I love the Flesh Terrors. Like they've got a great, a great bit of fluff, and Seth's an awesome character. Um, very reminiscent of Khan, um, Khan the Betrayer in the, in 30k, constantly fighting um, the, him in the nature of his legion or his chapter. Um, he's he's a damn good beater himself, isn't he? He hits so hard yeah he has seven attacks he's plus one to wound he's strength eight minus two minus three in assault doctrine minus four on sixes to wound because yes he's, uh flesh yep damage three and um he gives out a bunch of good buffs as well and he fights twice, twice. all the time he just always fights twice Always. always fights twice. No, one. Seven attacks with a thunder hammer, uh, functionally that isn't minus one to hit. He is a chapter master. He can chapter master himself, and then he fights again. Mm -hmm. This dude will cut a knight in half, dude. And on sixes, um, so he has an aura of fresh, friendly flesh terror core units in six. This model, each time a model that you know, makes an attack, unmodified wound roll of a six increases the damage characteristic by one. Which I've got to tell yes. you, on his you know fourteen odd attacks, it's probably going to be two or three of those end up being damage four. That's terrifying. It's core, unfortunately. Oh, so, so it's not, not himself. himself. Apologies, apologies. So, it, it same makes, holds true for, for Death. Yeah, same holds true for for uh, Thunderhammer, Death Guard, Death Company, all those other bits and pieces. Yeah, Vanguard veterans with this buff are terrifying. Yeah, dude, he's They're wounding a lot of things on fives and fours just, um, with the plus one to wound, and then you know sixes to wound are just damage too. It's like just, I don't love just that. Just wish he had a jump pack. He'd be crazy with a jump pack. My god. If you had a jump pack, I would consider just playing Flesh Terrors yeah. over Blood Angels. Yeah. Um, without a jump pack, I don't think he makes the cut because mm. he's just a little Well, slow. I just don't think Flesh Terrors are anywhere near as good. They're not, they're not a well-rounded faction. Like I said in here, what, they've got two stratagems, three Waller traits, none of which are incredible, and what, two pieces of war gear? Do they, they like, get access to the regular Blood Angels stratagems? I think they do. They do, but like I said, like the rest of the build isn't there. There's no, there's no I, good wallet. Yeah, it's not a fleshed out thing. Like I said, they they diminished blood angels and then half assed fleshed errors. and uh, that yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it, it annoys me gave, a little bit. They gave them an amazing character. They did. This dude, so this, they did. Oh my god! And the 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 um 
the model brings up so much awesome nostalgia for me. I love him so much. Yeah. So if you're playing Flesh Chairs, you're not playing Gabriel Seth. What are you what doing? What are you doing? Yourself? Why? Um, what? I've the Sanguinor has some good jank. Yeah, Sanguinor is quite good for the, for the jank abilities. You want to unpack that a little bit? Yeah, I actually really like the Sanguinor. He just didn't make the cut in my army because I had three characters yeah. and I didn't want to take any additional detachments. Although, as I said, I'm thinking about changing my army up a little, and the Sanguinor may find his way in there. He's not bad mm. at all. He's fast, um, which is which is crucial. He moves 12 inches. He hits fairly hard, not super hard, fairly hard. He's strength six, AP four, five, and assault doctrine damage mm -hmm. two, uh, seven attacks. And then he, um, on wound rolls of six, he does an additional mortal wound, which mm -hmm. is very good. Uh, helps just plank away a little. And then he uh, he has a plus one attack aura yeah, for baby. foreign characters. Doesn't stack the shock assault. So on turn two of a combat, he makes your guys a little stronger. That's generally not something you see because you hit so hard mm. that it generally isn't a turn two of a combat. But, I mean, that's it's not terrible. The main thing that he's really good at is, A, he heroics. Um, he can charge even if he fell back, and he heroics six inches. So he's very mobile. Mm -hmm. um, he has a two-up save um, with a four-up invuln. So he's also reasonably durable. He's five wounds, so he's not super-duper durable, but reasonably. And so he's very mobile, very durable. He hits pretty hard. But the biggest thing is you put him in reserve and then he can basically heroic, uh, heroically intervene out of reserve. Out from reserve. It's very, very potent. Out from he, reserve. He is the best is best applicator for angel sacrifice, isn't he? Just because of that. You just get to put him whatever yes. you want. Yep. Your opponent charges you. You just slam Sanguinor in the middle of the combat. He sacrifices himself to just completely negate a turn of their mm. attacks and you just murder your way through his unit. Uh, now, the, the big thing is that he probably won't end up doing that a lot because your opponent is just going to be very timid for mm -hmm. the first couple turns. They're going to try not to activate the Sanguinor. Either that um, or they're going to force it at, at, at the, the most opportune time for them and just get him, get him out yes. early and get him on the table. Yeah, and then, I mean, he's going to hit the table at some point. If you can make him live through that first turn, awesome, because he's very mobile. He hits pretty hard. But then also... Um, you know, you can just slam him down, turn three on the board, and just be like, "All right, now I have a beater." Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, he's still just a good beater if it all, all else fails. He I think I think he's like 150 points, I believe. So it's not he's not cheap. Mm -hmm. I would really like it if he were a little cheaper, so I would feel better about throwing him away. But still, I think he's just. I, I think, think he's pretty good. I think, pretty I think he just suffers from being the fourth character. Yes, fourth HP yes, slot yes, yes. in an army that and really doesn't want to be more than a battalion. Like you said, his buff doesn't come up that often, if if at all. Like so, he it's just like he he's got one trick. He's a he's a, he's a bit of a gimmick character. Um, and if, he if, is. And I feel yeah. like the better your opponents are, the less good he is. Like. But, yeah, it, it really does help sit your opponent down for the first couple turns mm. and just make sure that they're not getting too handsy with your army. Because, like, let's say he charges some some troops into one of your troops to take an objective away. He charges troops into something, you know, random. Uh, suddenly the Sanguinor's there and he's cutting him in half, takes the objective back. Like, he has to be... They have to very be very considerate about where they want to charge you. Yeah. It can be a big deal. Yeah. Now, so just double checking, definitely. I'm checking the wording here. You definitely can't do that twice, can you? You can't, you know, wings of firing back into reserve and do it again. It, yeah. If it's not yet been set exactly up. Exactly right. Exactly field. right. Not even set up. Um, easy done. B Brother Corbulo, I barely knew thee, and I doubt I'll see thee again. See you later. Uh, He's not the worst <laughs> character in this book. He just doesn't um, hold a candle to the Sang Priest, Sang Priest with a jump pack. He just doesn't make. Come yeah. anywhere near. He's, he's so bad. Yeah, he's so bad. Compared, it's it's crazy. Um, the Sang Priest, I feel like, is the auto include. 
Yeah, is, is the borderline auto include every every HQ slot starts with that guy, and then you you ask yourself, what are my other one or two? Yes, exactly. He is the opposite. He is incredibly good. Yeah, uh, he can take a jump pack. He does end up being very expensive mm. with a jump pack and, and, and uh, yeah, he's one fifty five. I think he's still worth it at that. Um, I think for so. A couple reasons. Yeah, one, I love giving this guy uh, Teeth of Terra. It turns him into an absolute beat stick. He starts with three attacks. Well, he's making eight attacks in Assault Doctrine with Teeth of Terror. Yeah, well. Yeah. And because three attacks, four with Shock Assault, five with Savage Echoes, plus additional three with uh, Teeth of Terror. So he's making eight attacks with Strength Five in Assault Doctrine. He hits on twos. Yeah. So not so, not only does he res models, six up female pain models, move 12 inches with pluses to pluses all over the place. He absolutely blends as well, like so well, so well rounded. My God, like really, really, really. Yeah, good. you won't get better value out of a relic slot because he can't take any other nah, you weapons. He just has an Astartes chainsword. He can't take anything else. So you oh, can't really? Spend points uh, I'm sorry. It's the ancient. Good. It's the ancient. I keep thinking of that that comes with the Incarmine weapon. So yeah, apologies if I said it was a the right. before. Sorry, chainsword. Yeah. So. Without the uh, without Teeth of Terra, he has six attacks at strength four, AP one, one damage. Mm. Yeah. With Teeth of Terra, he has eight attacks yeah. at strength five, AP three, or two goes to three, two damage. Mm. So he basically turns into mini Dante for a relic slot, and that is so good. Spot on, man. Um, In addition, he has a Blood Chalice, Yep, which is you just pick a core character unit within six inches. Uh, at in your command phase, and they just become active in the assault doctrine. It doesn't cost you anything to put units into assault doctrine, unlike yeah. other factions. And then for one CP, you can put a second unit in if necessary. This comes up constantly because you're having to fight turns one and two before mm. your uh, assault doctrine's up on your whole army. So that's just phenomenal. You can make him a chief apothecary so he can resurrect models, and crucially, he can heal three now, which matters on the chaplain. And if you've never seen the light die out of somebody's yep. eyes before, just have them throw like a Knight Lancer into your you know, murder chaplain. Yep. Do three wounds, which is like the average that, of what uh, they should do. I think they did stomp attacks into me, and he did three wounds. And then all of that got healed on the following turn, and the light just drained, drained. out of his eyes. Yeah. See it. Yeah. Yep. So that was pretty funny. Every time I do it to Nick, he cries. Um, and it's a big part of the reason why I like to shell out for Chief Apothecary is mm -hmm. when I want to heal my chaplain, yeah. I want it to be three wounds. Yeah. Because then he goes from you know half dead to almost at full health, and he just can run around the board turn four and five being immortal. Mm. So he's the Sanguinary Priest is phenomenal, and I would definitely include him in your army. I think he's not. Yeah, I think he's an auto-clued. Um, I'm sure. pouring one out a little bit for Mephi, who I feel like has dropped off quite a bit. He's just... We've already talked about how the, the single or, you know, either budget or utility psyker is just not a thing. I also think that Mephi's missing, like, a, a rule or two, a special rule or two. Like, give him a, an aura, a buffing aura he gives to, to units. He's, the, he's su such a, he's a character of such longevity and mythos around him that seeing his, like, very bare data sheet feels a bit rough. And also, why'd they got to do him dirty and keep him a damage D3? I don't know. Um I, I don't understand it. I don't think he's that bad. I don't think he's that bad either. Unless, 
were in. I mean, he doesn't have any bonuses to cast or anything, which kind of sucks. So, exactly. My issue is you can make a way better Chief Librarian out of this book than Mephiston, and you can make a way better Beat Stick in this book than Mephiston. He sits in this weird tweener role uh, where he doesn't buff anybody or in, inadvertently without he has to buff himself or buff other people um, with his powers. He doesn't kill any better than, like, dude, you're the Sang Priest you just told me about kills better than Mephiston does, like, unbuffed. Yes. Easily, easily. Yes. Um, and in addition to that, he doesn't give any innate bonuses to to your army just by dint of existing. So he's not a buff character. He's not a he's he's not a great psychic compared to other compared to other options in this book where you can take the that relic staff and and get the, the take a psychic that does three powers a turn. I mean, he can do the three powers a turn, but you're paying a premium. And um, yeah, it just feels like he just doesn't. He's missing like one thing to just make him better than just a half-assed everything else. Yeah. I think so. The main issue is he's going to fail quickening when you need him to not fail it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> going to suck so bad. <laughs> it's going to suck so bad. Uh, he's also 155, and I yeah. think a librarian that's even like better Legit. with with a warlord trait and a relic slot. Like if you take Imperium Sword, he has the same number of attacks. Yes. He's strength seven. He's strength eight mm-hmm. instead of strength ten. But with plus one to wound. That's about, the, about same. the same. I'm assuming a librarian, yeah. a libra- primaris librarian with um. Actually, can primaris librarian take a staff? Let me see. No, let's nah, take sword, a four sword. sword. Yeah. Do you have to take a regular librarian who has, you know, six attacks plus a D3 with Galleon staff at strength eight? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Plus one to wound, minus two good. D3 damage, minus three in Assault Doctrine. I mean, what's that's pretty good. What's he got? He's got you have an expert. He's got five attacks, six on the charge, up to is it plus D3 from quickening? Plus D3. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So it goes up to nine at best. Um, yeah. Look, it's, it's, it's great. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. But like I said, like it's not terrible. Yeah, it's. I mean, the main thing is you don't want to take a single librarian. Now. Exactly, exactly. And I think a regular librarian with a jump pack who can move insanely far. Mm-hmm. A regular librarian with a jump pack, a staff, Imperium sword, and then chief librarian, galleon staff, and then the three powers we talked about before is just better than Mephiston because he casts a plus one and hits yeah. about the same and moves faster. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, just weird. Mephi's, like I said, like just give Mephi like one and a buff. Like, I don't know, Blood Angels core units within six inches, blah, blah, blah. Um, maybe they're more resistant. Maybe they got a six up against mortals or something. Just something, just a little cherry on top, just to sweeten the deal. Um, Libby Dread, I wish I saw you more. Is there any play here? Let me see how many points this guy is. <laughs> this is how often you've looked at him. <laughs> uh, it's not. It's not terrible, right? It's it's not terrible. It's one seventy five for the guy with Chief Librarian. He is a character. Mm. Um, he can move pretty quick. He's a heckin' chunk. He's a chunky boy. He's got duty. He's, he's got duty. Very, very chunky boy. It, like if you to, if you um, told me that I could have a a toughness seven eight wound minus one damage. Um, super psyker i'd be like yes please i'll have two um and, and yet you know the the state of the game is such that that's it's not great to take at the moment yeah i i think it's actually okay i just think it's squeezed out by other better hq choices yeah yeah i, I tend to I think librarian dreadnought's fine i think it's pretty decently hard you will get um, every style point there is if you take a chief libby a, libby libra- a chief libby librarian uh dread you promise? Because, um, you know, maybe I won't. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. I'll come and give you maybe all this. I'll bring a whole bucket of style points. The bucket will be you empty, but it'll, it'll mean a lot. <laughs> um, I, I don't think the Librarian Dreadnought is terrible. Uh, the main problem is you're spending 175 points on a beater. Mm-hmm. Which you um, can get everywhere in this book. You can get a lot of places. Yeah. I really don't think it's bad, though. I think it's all right. Um, I think it's just you're... 
it's the fourth character again. It's like the fourth character in an army that wants I three characters. I think if you've got a very specific plan in in Blood Angels, I think you can justify a psycho. But like I said, no. If you know your meta and you know there are big big swingers that are playing stuff with the psychic heavy shit, you just you just can't do it. Like in, in good conscience, you just can't take it to an event you intend to do well at. Um, you just because you just might hit a ceiling. Um, all right. You can't take any relics or warlord traits. I mean, you can take a warlord. We trait. warlord trait, yeah. You can't take a relic, really. Mm. Um, the warlord trait basically has to be the plus one to cast. So you can't take galleon's staff to get a decent weapon and cast better. Yeah. So I think the librarian dreadnought with chief librarian and the plus one to cast like um, warlord trait is not terrible. No, I think it's actually I think it's fine. Terrible. better than Mephiston. Yeah. I think it's better than Mephiston. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, don't fail wings. Yeah, exactly. Like, really, <laughs> it has to not. You have to not All right. fail wings. We're gonna encapsulate the next couple of special characters together. Astarath and Lamadi is telling me a story. Anything there? Always oh, one skill three. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I've got. I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got no idea why that is. Yeah, Astarath and Lamadi is telling me a story. Uh, just not worth it, really. If you want a chaplain, take the super. You can just chaplain make it such like, a better chappy, right? Yeah. Uh, Massive Doom is actually shockingly not great. Um, it went from being absolutely ape s bonkers last edition, didn't it? It I, I don't really remember what it was last edition, but I know this this edition it is plus one to hit, and then you could potentially if you want to use it on a character, it's plus one to hit on a one you just kill the character, mm-hmm. which means you just don't do that. I and remember again. I remember playing my. I used to play a, a nine man or a nine or eleven unit model Catafron brick. Uh, so, uh, people might remember I was playing a unit of Bulgrin in front of a bunch of Talamasters. I swapped that out for a bunch of Catafrons because Catafrons actually killed stuff. And I'd Astarath go into that unit one t- one day and killed a nine of them before morale. And I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> why, why is that a thing? <laughs> uh, but- I think he's, he's a decent beater now. He has six attacks in uh, Savage Echoes at strength six, mm. minus three or four, and then damage three. So he hits reasonably hard. Um, but I just hit massive doom is not good. No, and the chance it's plus one to hit. Yeah, and you have a chance to kill kill a model, model. unit. And yeah, it's just, I really don't like that. Exactly right. He's also 150 points, so he's not cheap. No, he's not. Like, well, so how much do you pay for your super chappy? Mine's are usually around 140 ish. Yep, so, mine's 140. So he's so 10 he's, points cheaper. he's more he's more he's more expensive than and and worse than like easily worse than. Um, Lardis is unfortunately just not not good. Yeah. Just you don't you just don't take enough death company to make your stuff relevant, right? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even if you take like three death company, what does what does he give them? Yeah. He gives them his leadership and reroll yeah, charges. You you have to if you want to do chance, you have to use them on death company, yeah. which is a downside. It's not good. And then you can reroll charges. Yeah, he's he's pretty oh, bad. and next up we have Captain the two Captain Tycos. Bless G dub for putting this guy he in. He has less power in two profiles. Than <laughs> most characters, than every character has in, in half a profile. It's, it's so well. So this is the this is what I do. So I'm just going to say this is a bit of a little bit of a rag on G Dub. They take out things like Duke, Baron, Vect, awesome thematical characters that sound sick, and like Vect being literally the chapter master or Primarch equivalent, like you know the the head of the faction taken out, but Tycho gets left in. <laughs> <laughs> it gets two it year after year edition after edition Tycho going strong like just just like in the indomitable captain Tycho in like he has yeah. a he has a combi melter that is slightly better and 
he gets plus one strength and damage against orc. He's got a slap hand. That is. He's got. I don't want to. I don't know if I can get away with saying it's got a. Yeah, he's got a. You know what he's. You know what hand he's got. You you know what he's trying. He slaps you down. He slaps you down with his hand. Um, His dead man's hand is strong. Is what you're trying to say. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's so no, good. No, it's not. Dead Man's uh, hand is one damage. I know. It's not even good. <laughs> you, it's not good in combat. Do you know what it, it doesn't give any buffs to anything. Do you know what it should be? And we'll see how many points he is because it's embarrassing. Oh, he's almost 100. Yes, he's bad. He is so bad. I, did, I just... I, and I just love that this guy is in the game. Of all the characters to continue, it's this dude. I love it so much. It's so hilarious to me. Um, and the only difference between the two of them is the one that's slightly more expensive has death company as a keyword fun mm. and has uh locks his rerolls to death company core yeah yeah i wish he could exchange all these attacks for one super slap like he just slaps you for one attack at strength times two minus four three damage or something or d6 damage like and, and I mean, that was just the dead man's you know you see uh, you see um the the meme of the cartoon meme of batman slapping robin that's that's Tycho's dead man's head. No, stop! And just you know, d six damage, one attack. Um. Anyway, Sangard, possibly. Yeah, I mean, you know, the takeaway is both Captain Tycho's are embarrassingly bad, horrifically bad, horrifically bad. Don't even look at them. Um. If you could, if they were on two pages, I'd tell you to stick them together and ignore the de- his existence. Uh, Sangard, Sangard, Sangard on the other hand might be the best thing in the book. I think they are. Yeah. So the main reason that is right is most combat marines are locked into taking two units, generally, mm-hmm. outside of characters. Vanguard veterans and Bladeguard veterans. Yeah. Bladeguard veterans are slow, so if you want to be a fast assault army, you're leaning on Vanguard veterans. And Vanguard veterans are good, but they have some key weaknesses. The biggest one is their damage one and their strength four, which means there are just some things they're not good at killing, mm-hmm. uh, and th- there is a cap on like how much damage they can do. So some things they're really good at killing, like infantry, that sort of thing, but... Anything with multiple wounds, suddenly you're not hitting as hard as you really want to be, and you're also capped at 30 of them, and 30 Vanguard veterans as a combat army is just doesn't hit hard enough against a lot of things. Yeah. So there's only so killy you can be. White Scars get away with it by being damage 2 on their Vanguard veterans and damage 3 on their Bladeguard, but Bladeguard are good, but they're slow, and Vanguard veterans are, are fast, which makes them good, but they don't hit that hard uh, against a wide range of targets. So what you want to do is you want to have a variety of jump pack units Mm. so you can take more than just, you know, 30 Vanguard veterans. You want to have a variety of different weapon profiles. You want to be able to take more than just 30 of them uh, if you want to make an entire army around it, which you have Wrath of Ball to make them all move two inches further. So you really do want to make an army around it. Yeah. Sanguinary Guard fill that void perfectly. They are much better than Vanguard veterans. 100% they are. absurdly hard. Mm -hmm. They hit ridiculously hard in combat. Um, with everything, they have five attacks apiece. They hit on twos when they're near your warlord. They hit on twos when you give them plus one to hit off of your ancient. Um, so they hit on twos. They have five attacks apiece with savage echoes, and they're natively plus one to wound, and they slap incredibly hard. They're two damage as well. Yes. So they just carve through people. I... In addition, they have a gun. Yep. And the gun is not the strongest gun, but it does add up, especially Vanguard veterans throw a grenade, mm-hmm. and that's all you get out of them. Mm-hmm. These guys each have a bolter that's at AP1. Yes. It's assault 2, assault two. Yep. which matters actually a lot when you have like three units of them. They put out like 40 shots. 
I think they're good, man. And one of the spicy little things as well on top, you can take them in a four-man. So if you really want a min-min squad, I think a four-man's just fine. Like for, for into, into a heavy MSU meta, four of these guys kill any other pretty much MSU thing in the game. Like So I, I think yeah, it's, ju- it's just fine to, min- to min-max the absolute balls out of these guys. So, yeah, and another thing is they're minus one to hit in combat, which comes up quite a bit. That's, they're natively yeah. two up save. And when they're near your Warlord, they get plus one to hit, which is in shooting and melee. And you don't understand how good the fact that they shoot at all is mm. until you play with them. And then you're like, oh my god, yeah. it's the shooting that does um, What's like, your preferred loadout? Do you prefer the swords or the axes? I mean, I see mostly swords and then some axes here and there, but what's your preference? 100% axes if you have the Ooh, uh, nice. if you have the kit for it. Yep. They only come two per five in the box, yep. axes. So it's very hard. Like I had to take some swords mm. to Orlando just because getting the axes together was kind of a problem. Yeah. Uh, the main reason is it takes them up to strength six. And with strength a good six, break point. plus one to wound, yep. it's a great break point. The things that are hard for you to kill are generally things like Death Guard Terminators, mm-hmm. things like Custodes, things in in that nature, a lot of like very high toughness things. Um, even um, even Dread Knights, their toughness six. Yeah. Or Raiders, yep. their toughness six. Not that you have problems killing Raiders, but you know. You have problems killing Dread Knights. You have problems with killing, you know, Custodes infantry. You have problems with killing Death Guard infantry. Mm. All of these things that are hard for you to kill, you really want to be strength six. Yeah. All these things that have an invul, and so it doesn't matter if you're AP three or four on the sword. Um, anything that you really care about, the extra AP over the extra point of strength, you're probably slaughtering on yeah. mass anyway. Yeah. Like Marines, you don't give them a save. Whatever, you'll kill like 20 Marines in a turn. Mm-hmm. You don't really care. But if you want to actually cut through... Death Guard Terminators, which are a real problem. You need that weight of wounds. Yeah. To get that, you need wounding on twos. Exactly right. Um, so moving on from the Sang Guard, we've got the Sang Ancient. Pretty much most of what we just said applies. He's the great He's the great guy to be carrying around that plus two um, to all your moves and goodness banner. But apart from that, it's pretty self-explanatory, the rest, yeah? Yeah, he's, he's not bad. He's he's like the worst character in combat in the list, and he's not, he's not bad, bad at it either. either. He's, you know, five attacks in Savage Echoes with with a good weapon. Um, Death Cup. I love having him with Rights of War because yeah. he's not going to be diving headlong yeah. into the enemy. He's already really in, he's already an aura giver, so just double and triple down on the aura giving yeah. goodness. Um, a Death Company Dread. Never going to see it, unfortunately. Cool model, cool fluff. I just don't see what it can possibly add in this current edition. It's not core, yeah. so yeah. most of it's not affected. And yeah, I just I, I don't love it. So death- it's a six-inch unit that wants to get into combat, and mm. that's just not. So de- death, company, death Company Marines. I pr- I'd really like seeing a single five-man in most lists, but I don't like seeing yes. any more than that. Um, is my preference. I'm actually thinking about experimenting with multiple units of Death Company. Ooh, spicy. I love, I love that idea. Yeah, exactly. So first off, uh, one unit so you can either snipe something important out turn one mm-hmm. or get crucial board control with the stratagem, 100% on board. I like a unit with four Thunder Hammers that kills everything that you need to kill pretty reliably uh, Yeah, I just without being too expensive. It's really it's weird. Exactly. That's that's my thing. As soon as you put all, all four Thunder Hammers on it, it gets to like, just like unpalatable tipping point where you just be like, well, I could get so much more than this unit for the same points as this unit but it does do something that nothing else in your army can do and very few things in the game can do so i i see i yeah. see the reasoning um, it's just like i'm just like ah, oh, yeah, i wish i wish it didn't come out of my so army yeah exactly right um, the main the main reason i'm considering multiple units is hey i think just with a chain sword they're not bad 
Oh, exactly right. That's that's the reason why I'm not sure I'd love uh, like four Thunderhammers. I think I'd love one or two because they still have all the psychological play, but you save a bunch of points. Yeah, I mean, a unit of five with each of the chainsaws is 125 points in jump packs, mm-hmm. and they pump out six attacks apiece. In Assault Doctrine, they're strength four, AP two, one damage, plus one to wound, 30 attacks. Yeah, it's fine. And they, <laughs> they, they hit really, really hard. Mm. And they're cheap, and the feel no pain on them means that they are surprisingly durable. If yeah, if your if your um, opponent a lot of indirect as well, if your opponent like tries to ride that line of just killing them with like a minimum amount of investment, you just pop the five up, and they, all of a sudden they they underestimated, and you still got one bonkers ass dude left. Um, but yeah, so why why the multiple squads? Unpack that for us. So I think that they might actually be better than Vanguard vets. Okay. I mean, they have low leadership. Um. They have a three-up armor and no invulm, yep. but they have a feel-no-pain. And on two-wound models, having a six-up and then access to a five-up feel-no-pain can be a big mm. deal. Um, well, so the And also, you can, if you need a bunch of beef in order to kill, like, the new... Like, if a bunch of people are going to take Talos, like, six Talos in a list, that's incredibly hard to kill. Yeah. Minus one damage, yeah. five-up feel-no-pain, five-up invulm. Yeah. You may just need some thunder hammers in your list, mm-hmm. and nobody carries thunder hammers better than. That's you. very true. That is actually very true. Um, on, on those terms, I think you're absolutely right. If you're thinking about worrying about the future, this could be a very good investment. Um, the interesting thing you pointed out there with the, um, the comparing them to be better than Vanguard vets. So there's one thing people all long you know tout about Vanguard vets. Ah, oh, the two plus four plus is such a big deal. I'm just going to put it out there to people right now. When people want to kill your Vanguard vets, does that stuff matter? Because I find my no. Vanguard vets just when people want to kill them, they die. And that's anything that's the Vanguard vets are in the open. That's or they're yeah, getting hit, they're dying. Exactly right. That's it's, kind of everything in the game at the moment. So if you can just if you have a purpose in mind, if you I, I, I tout this a bit, maybe this will be on the next bingo card, the build for purpose approach that I think Marines need to go with, which is kind of the skewish issues they have at the moment. If you're gonna build something for purpose, usually most marine things are only a one use thing only. So why not make it just do the thing as built for? better and better and better with every iteration, which I think yeah. is what you just said. And I think on that logic, you might, if you're building for a specific purpose, e.g. the Talos and the Kronos, you're dead set right, man. Like, the, you put a, a lightning claw, okay, I could have this guy with a lightning claw it, wounding on fives, re-rolling, or I could just take a, an absolute maniac with plus one to win on chainsaws and thunder hammers. Like, this is not a, a yeah. fair comparison anymore. I think that the other thing is that um, Vanguard veterans aren't that great against a lot of indirect because when it doesn't matter if you have a save or not, like uh, they're two damage, and you're going to just lose models every time you fail a save. I've got love. I've I've got love. Vanguard vets. They love them. <laughs> yeah, um, rocket trucks is rocket trucks as well. To be honest, get, sorry, go. Yeah, so let's let's math out rocket trucks into death company right now, right? The most you're going to have is three squig buggies because the new FAQ just exactly. came out. The most you're going to yep. have is three. So that's we're going to average. Range, that's the average of 21 shots. Yep. Hitting on fours, it's 10.5 hits. Yep. Wounding on threes, we're at seven. Seven, seven wounds. Seven and wounds. you're going to have a five, up, a five up in cover, six up in your open because we know assume speed, speed wire, yeah? Right. So five up in cover leaves you with four and change wounds, yep. four and like two thirds or something. And then with five up feel no pain against damage two, you you're only going to lose like yeah two maybe three guys yeah. and you can regen one of them and suddenly you just your opponent just fired three squig three squig buggies and didn't like did nothing, nothing. didn't get a, like didn't get a kill yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's true that's absolutely right absolutely right um yeah right, look and you're getting a five up save against it as opposed to the we're, four up we're, gi- we're giving away some part two here but dude i actually when you unpacked it like that 
I agree. I actually agree. The issue is, though, as soon as you have two units, they just shoot one squig buggy at the first guy, make you pop the five up, and the other two kill the other unit. But here's the thing. They're bro. all one unit now, yeah? They have to be in yeah. a unit. Yeah. So they have to declare all of them together. Yeah, yeah. So you just go two and one, and then you see, hopefully, you just pick up two from one squad and three from another, you know, and that, that'd be the only thing that they pray for. But you know what? That's still, that's a big break point for them. That's a big issue in a head scratch moment. So, yeah. and, and, and if they just chip one model off of a unit, it's worse than it's not worse because you leapfrog off this off the resurrection and because just you yeah. resurrect a guy and goes four inches of extra yeah. movement and suddenly you're in where you wouldn't have been and now you've got thunder hammers into orcs mm. and you're picking them up all right yeah. so on to the last the last two things in this book so we got death company intercessors which i've never seen on the table and do not expect to see um until there is a intercessor assault marine like with a jump pack i don't expect to see any of that in fact i'm going to go so far as to say apart from blade guard and maybe redemptors this is like the closest thing we have to a non-primaris faction um because vanguard vets yes. death company sangard like the the three of the big pillars of your best builds have nothing to do with primaris anything um so that's actually yeah. quite an interesting thing and the last one um the the days of, of in days of yore there was a thing called the bile predator which was actually a kind of good for a couple of editions when i was a young, very young man in fact i was a boy um, and since then never heard of him and i doubt we'll ever hear of him again everyone pour one out for the bile pred she did pour one out for the ball predator it's just it's it's not good um unfortunately dude that brings us the flamestorm is d6 why 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 yeah i know yeah why this company intercessors by the way if they were troops would be phenomenal. exactly right yeah. exactly freaking right man they would be so good if they were wow um all right that brings us to the end that brings us to the end of this review um and it's been a good one like for people who are lamenting on blood angels it's merely because they're they were kind of meted out by a more efficient version of themselves in in dracari i, I believe um and then yeah, well, uh, in certain metas they didn't survive the comparison with the other aggressive armies like sometimes the spatial successes are just which are straight better because of the fight's last opportunities and sometimes the wise guys are just better because you need the extra damage and so it really is they sit in a very cute position in that aggressive archetype but i think they're like for straight line linear power for the least amount of squeeze like the least hard to get that power out of your list i think they're the best i yeah i don't know i, I think i want to push back on some of that actually um i think they can actually be pretty good mm. so the main reason people cite for them to not be good at all is because of their win rate which everyone can see online people have studied it multiple times it's like 28 percent to 32 percent or something nonsense like that um, Blood Angels is an incredibly popular starting army. Mm -hmm. Everyone, the, the amount of new players who pick up Blood Angels is there's so many of them. And when they go to tournaments, they take builds that are unoptimized and they don't play them well because they're just starting out, obviously. And that drives the win rate down quite a lot. In addition, a lot of players have have jumped ship. Yep. So a lot of the more experienced players have jumped ship. So that that win rate is artificially lowered, in my mm. opinion. But there's only so bad an army can be if they're fast, in my opinion. I agree with that. Uh, I, 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 if if so, you have a strong MSU build, I think you can't be terrible in this edition. I just don't think you can be terrible. Um, yeah, you hit hard and you move fast, and I think there's a floor for how how bad you can be if you have those two hmm. if you have those two factors. I will say I don't think they're quite as good as white scars. White scars just move faster and they hit harder. Uh, and they, I mean, they hit about the same. They move faster, yeah. and that is the key difference. Yeah, exactly. Um, they also have a bunch of great ways to put shooting in the army, and Blood Angels don't. And they have so some. Big, they have some big jank you lack as well. Uh, they do. They do for sure. So I would certainly. I think white scars are are the best marines. 
Um, the best Marines, are, the best Marines are Grey Knights, mate. Like, what are you talking about? Grey Knights. Then if Grey Knights, if Grey Knights don't count, the next best Marines are, are Sisters of Battle. <laughs> uh, bang bang, take that. Armor factions now. Yeah, bang bang, take that. Um, my own factions that I play lovingly. <laughs> that is a self burn flavor. If you. I think if you play well, I think their speed and their sheer power in combat can carry you quite a long way. I, that's a, they yeah, aren't that's a, a well-rounded army, but I think they do have the tools that they need to get the job done. Well, like I said, yeah, the, the straight-line power that they bring, that they just put in your hand by dint of putting these certain units together, is just actually terrifying. They, they kill yeah. so effectively. They're so efficient a lot of the time as well. Um, it's just I feel like their, their range of play if you want to talk about, okay, you put your put your arms as wide as you can, yeah? And that's kind of the best army in the game plays that much of the game, as in everything in front of you is how much they play. And then your army gets smaller and smaller depending on its constraints and the builds it has. The Dark Angels, the Blood Angels one, is is quite tight. They play in a very specific way extremely well. It is. Uh, luckily, the ways that they play the game in movement and combat are the two ways that are most effective at winning true. games of yeah, 40K true. in all edition. Yep. And one thing I would say is a lot of people play the army and then they run at their opponent. I think the motto was always be charging ABC. ABC, yeah. Um, with old Blood Angels, it was just you always are charging. You're moving forward, you're charging, you're scoring a relentless assault, you're trying to tailor your opponent. Mm -hmm. that, is a, that is a very unoptimal way to play the army because most armies can put you away in a turn if you expose yourself to yeah. them. They it's, just can. It's the, you pop out, you go, can you deal with me? And then they go, yes, and you lose the game. It's, the, it's almost um, the army where... you. It, it's so much risk of overextension. Almost, almost in no other army is there such a risk of overextension than Blood Angels, where you just be like, "Okay, I am Blood Angels, and I intend to play like Blood Angels." Ah, my army's gone to, on turn two. It's just not there anymore. Whoops, yes. Yeah, whoopsie daisy. There yeah, it all goes. Um, your army has a lot of two up armor saves. It's a lot of guys with multiple wounds. <laughs> two up armor saves. There's no pain in there, but you will be surprised at how fast it dies yeah, so, if you expose somebody it. make a you meme and post it in the art of war discord of uh and it's gone you know that south park meme and it's yeah oh, oh i'm gonna I, i'm gonna play blood angels and abc always be charging and it's gone <laughs> no, i think there is an abc uh for the army and it's always be cagey yeah that's, that's you cool. have speed yep so you have to just stay outside of line of sight you have to try and control objectives without being seen. I think if your opponent is content with you being on the objectives, enough objectives to win, you just sit there. Just sit you, there. you don't do anything. Yeah, like like I said at the start, fall, like I'd, I've seen a guy just fall on onto the middle objective out of line of sight and be like, well, I'm just going to sit here and get oath and priority, whatever, whichever the one is for holding the middle objective um, and uh, the mission and just be like, well, you, you can't come get this back because I've lined up like three other units to be able to charge under this objective if you ever come and come and get it off me. And so, yeah. In three turns, I've outscored you, and you can't catch me, and there's nothing you can do about it. And that, that's when I'm playing, beautiful. When I'm playing Blood Angels, it, my optimal strategy involves no combats whatsoever. Yeah, you're perfect, perfect. My or, or just, is I'm going to move up to the center of the board, mm -hmm. I'm going to take control of the board, and then it's up to you what you want to do about it. Com if you want to sit back, cool. That's yeah. awesome. I will sit here forever, cool. and I will win the game on points. And if you push into me, then I will start charging. Compounding psychological deterrence. Everyone say it together. Because that's just the exactly. thing. That's the thing you want to leverage as much as anything else. Dude, uh, so let's let's put in the verdict. Uh, after the data slate changes that came in, the FAQ changes that came in yesterday, I think it's going to be a nice little resurgence for Blood Angels. I think they've got a huge amount more play in the game. Um, do you, I really think so. And you, I'm just going to put it out there. It's interesting that we're doing this now. Part of the reason I want to do this now is because you copped a little bit of flack because of a, a faction 
listing, a faction ranking you did where you placed Blood Angels quite highly. I think you placed them in B tier. Where I wanted to place tier. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to. Whereas the, um, the the stats based one on the internet uh, rioted. The superior stats based um, one. Siegs and Nick right now are setting up a game in the background, and they are giving me the uh, the eyes right now. They're yes. giving me the eyes about this. Yes, I would have put them. The the caveat here is you have to set up an army that is all mobility and all combat. Yeah, in my opinion. Yep. And then you have to play it very cagey. And you have to play it very well because it punishes mistakes. Because if you're if you leave yeah. a model out in the open, yep. all of a sudden you're losing a 200 point unit, yeah. um, and they die very fast. Well, I but I just if you I just play it optimally, I do think it is a, a quite powerful army. I just think you were just uh, you know a week ahead of the meta mate, and you just you know because now I think they're a solid B, possibly even a B plus. Um, I think they're quite then with the the loss of Drakari, which I thought was just a, the best version of that aggressive archetype we were ever going to see in the game. Maybe GSC or you know prove me wrong or something. But um, I think they've got a, a, a beautiful breath of life blown into them now from um, the FAQ changes. And so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you were absolutely right. They end up being around a B or B plus in the next couple of weeks, couple of months. Um, but dude, on that note, we're gonna. I mean, the thing is, I feel like I feel like this is the. Uh... Was this the Simpsons meme where it's like say the say the phrase say the line say, Jack <laughs> say the line Jack and I say Blood Angels are A tier <laughs> love it dude we have this bond now uh, of from the Black Templars episode which got memed on horrifically um, so I feel like we're we're comrades in arms there um, and dude on that note Absolutely. I don't disagree I think they're going to end up solidly in B tier uh, whether they end up in the upper or, or lower of that I think it remains to be seen but like I said an MSU aggressive dynamic army just I don't believe can be a horrible thing to play in this edition yeah. and on that note we're going to wrap this up and go from a record part two my dude um anything you'd like to mention before we finish up anything you'd like to throw out there for the budding dark angels general blood angels general jesus christ blood angels general yeah um the biggest thing is always keep points in mind when you're trading units you want to trade them for points not for your opponent's units take objectives stay out of line of sight and play kg yeah. and you'll do you'll go a lot further Love you long time, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope the people you guys have enjoyed this. So next, we've got a couple more retrospectives coming up. I've still got to do uh, a slew of them. At some point, I'm going to have to tackle the big the big elephants in the room. I'm going to do retrospectives on the Dark Eldar and Admech books at some point, which is going to be a fun ride. We'll see. Maybe we'll wait a couple of months and see how they pan out after these FAQs before I touch those hot topics. But yeah, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Hopefully, you guys have appreciated. We're going to go over and record part two now, answer a bunch of your questions, write some new lists, and talk a bit about the uh, and unpack a bit of this FAQ that dropped the day previous if you want to get involved in any of that please jump over to the art of war 40k.com purchase the second half of this podcast sign up support us over on patreon as well whichever way you'd like to take it we are here for you um dude thank you so much again please feel free to say good night thank you for having me good night guys. thank you for listening to art of war down under a content review podcast for Warhammer 40K. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.